Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. You audience, it's been this podcast. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> oh, well, uh, <laughs> imitation is the best form of flattery, I guess, so. <laughs> and also the best form of mockery. True, yeah, fair enough. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the me begging was a fraction of the begging that Aiden did last week when he had to declare that intro. And that's why I repeated it this week. It sounded a lot better in my head yeah. than, it, than it did in execution. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Um, so how's, how you been? I've been doing okay. Um, I've been uh, listening to a lot of music, trying to come up with some ideas and shit. How about you? How's your week been? I can hardly believe it's been only one week since we last recorded our weekly podcast. Yeah, it feels like uh, just an infinite amount of time. Like just it feels a huge like two weeks. Time. Yeah, two weeks yeah. since we said we were doing a weekly podcast, and then we <laughs> we immediately fell off of it. <laughs> well, we had some. We had a delay because we really wanted to get uh, EJ Suave. Uh, the swag one at the very end of the podcast. I can't remember what it's called. Swag to uh, infinity. Swag to infinity. Yeah. We really wanted to see if we could get that song, uh, and yeah. use that as our outro song. But unfortunately it did not pan out. Yeah. It turns out, I uh, I don't have contact information for him that he, uh, can access easily. Oh, and also I haven't spoken to him in like 12 years, 13 years, maybe. Yeah. Half so my he probably life. has no idea who you are. <laughs> He knows who I am. He likes some of my stuff on SoundCloud sometimes. Okay. I just found out he was following me on SoundCloud too, so which is weird because I I have no uh, personal association with him whatsoever. And it's it's weird that, you know, he would be following my music because it doesn't seem like the kind of music he'd be into. But you know. I, I, Are you following him? Yeah, I'm following him. Okay, good. Pretty sure. He, he deserves it. He is also my <laughs> SoundCloud shout out again this week. I unironically enjoy his... Well, I actually have prepared a SoundCloud shout-out, unlike last time where I just found whatever I had just recently listened to, and then uh, that yeah. was my SoundCloud shout-out. Yeah. Well, I've... But in all seriousness, I've listened to the Swag to Infinity song a couple times this week in preparation for hoping to use it as the outro of last episode. It is just uh, as good as it, you um, made it out to be. <laughs> yeah, it, it's genuinely good. Like, there's... Yeah. Uh, there's part of the song where it's like the the rapping is doubled, where it's like there's a an accompaniment uh, doubling the track of rapping, and it's not quite like a harmony or anything, but it's like it's something that I don't think I've heard in rap before, but it's done really well. It's done very effectively. I don't think it's done by EJ Suave, but one of his fellow uh, musicians on the track. Yeah, well, I know that he uh, it's featuring something or featuring someone. Uh, I'm not sure. It might be uh, Isaac Hayes. Okay. Not the Isaac Hayes, but mm-hmm. e- I is in like eyeball Hayes. Gotcha. Anyways, uh, the first big piece of news in, in terms of news and commentary, but also just of spin this news, which I think has happened since our last episode that we recorded, but we're now on Apple Podcasts. Oh yeah, okay. You mentioned that. I mean, yeah. hopefully, it'll uh, it'll um, drastically multiply our audience of zero people. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anything, it's just gonna take uh, it's gonna take uh, plays away from Spotify because my mom doesn't like using Spotify. Oh, so okay. She'll stop listening on Spotify and start listening on Apple. Okay. Well, at least we have an audience on Apple Music then. Yeah. I did, wait. Is it Apple Music? <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Oh, Apple Podcasts. Okay. That's yeah. been around for ages, right? It has. In, in, in fact, the term podcast is a reference to the iPod. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, I just remember like Steve Jobs 
discussing podcasts at the uh, Worldwide Developer Conference, and he was like, "Like it's it's like radio, but you can download it and put it on your phone. Like it's such a like revolutionary thing for the time. It was like 2003 or something like that. It's so like, like a broadcast, but it's a he podcast. Was, he re- he like, sold us he, on he, what we didn't even know that we needed. Yeah, well, he was correct about the rise of podcasts because I mean, if you look at uh, all the p- top Patreon earners, a lot of them are just podcasts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or people like selling nudes and stuff. Not, a, I don't think it's on Patreon. I think you're thinking of OnlyFans. I think you can sell anything on Patreon. Really? You, can you sell your I, body? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like you, we could have one where we sell one week we'll sell a podcast and then the weeks we don't sell podcasts. We'll sell our we'll nudes? Sell, like, yeah. <laughs> like feet pics and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we don't want to take too much uh, attention away from the podcast. And I think yeah. that's that's something that we would risk doing if that was our business model. Well, but, we uh, want we want to be able to deliver on some sort of weekly content. So that when we say we're going to do weekly podcasts, the weeks that we don't have a podcast, we'll have to like have something supplemental. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like feet pics. Well, the, my fear is is that will that will become our primary <laughs> source <laughs> of revenue. <laughs> Less podcasts, more feet pics. Feet pics are a lot easier to produce than a podcast. You don't have to edit anything. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You don't have to edit anything. <laughs> Well, but my, I don't know about you, but my feet could use a little bit of Photoshop. Like, well, I'm not sure what audience I would go for if I were to put my feet up there, but whatever. The feet fetish. The fetishists. The fetishists. Ah. Uh, so in real news, uh, I have a couple, oh, I have a news thing, but this is the document that I made like a week ago when I thought we were recording a week ago, but then you weren't feeling well that day. Yeah. But like a couple days from last Sunday ago, Ludwig Gorenson won uh, Emmy for his music work on The Mandalorian. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that that uh, article. Good for him. I think he And you know it. how many Emmys that John Williams won for Star Wars? Uh, zero is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, if he had qualified, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't even qualify. Yeah, I know. It was just and so... Ludwig Gorenson did qualify. It was just won. so derivative that he didn't qualify. <laughs> it's like he didn't even try to make music for a Star Wars television show. See, that's the thing that's that's genius about Ludwig Gorenson is that he, he thought, like, if I make music for a Star Wars TV show, I might win an Emmy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the, uh, but I had a piece of news that I wanted to talk about as well, just because I briefly touched on something related to this in a past episode, but I wanted to kind of expand on it because um, I mentioned it in passing and uh, I didn't really offer as, as much information on it as I usually would, just because at the time it re- wasn't really relevant to what we were talking about. But uh, I recently... Um, I uh, found this article about neighboring rights. It's about a, a IAFAR, the Independent Alliance for Artists' Rights, which specifically deals in something called neighboring rights, which, like I said, I had originally referred to in the past. Uh, neighboring rights are actually, is kind of like a blanket term that describes like a several uh, rights that you have that particularly pertain to a recording. They have nothing to do with songwriting or composition or anything like that. Those rights typically go to the artist and the publisher that they hire. But in this case, neighboring rights have to do particularly with uh, the recording. Recording rights, the the phonograph recording rights, are something that are usually uh, owned by the whoever pays for the recording. Uh, I might have mentioned that in a previous episode. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. But... Uh, that's covered under neighboring rights, but there's also another thing called related rights, which are, uh, you know, if you play on somebody else's record, um, then you're entitled to neighboring rights as well. Uh, that's not necessarily, uh, it doesn't even necessarily have to be your own original improvisation or composition or anything like that. It could be like, if you're a part of like a horn section that plays on, a, I don't know, like a soul song, then technically you're, you're entitled to neighboring rights as well. Um, and so this was article was particularly about, you know, how much people kind of miss out on, uh, on neighboring rights and the IAFAR, which I previously talked about was, uh, 
you know, looking to uh, help people secure as many neighboring rights as possible. So this is different than something like SOCAN, which particularly has to do with uh, performing rights or the rights for, uh, you know, people to, uh, you know, reap royalties when their stuff is performed in any kind of public setting. This particularly has to do with the recording. So if your stuff is played like in a, you know, any public setting, or like on the radio and anything like that, not only does the station or the venue have to pay for the you know use of the composition, so the performing rights, they also have to pay neighboring rights as well, which are uh, which is the license to use the recording. So yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about this particular article. So the point is that people are not getting the neighboring rights, people aren't getting paid for it, yeah, because they don't usually sign up for an organization that, I mean, a lot of people don't sign up for SOCAN as well, right? This is something right. that we talked about in the past. Uh, there's another organization that I know of uh, from school, uh, from music industry arts, called ReSound. ReSound, I think, also does neighboring rights as well. It's basically a, a business that administers the, uh, the neighboring rights. So not only... Hmm. Uh, like rights to own a recording, but also rights for that people get when they play on a recording as well. So I just want to say if you're out there, if like you've recorded your own shit, like if you've paid for the recording, then yeah, you are, you are entitled to uh, neighboring rights. Or if you've played on somebody else's recording, then yeah, you're also entitled to neighboring rights. So for example, if we, um, you know, if we played, uh, the the revised version of Elevator Chapter One in which you played bass, then technically you're you're uh, if you played that in a public setting where it actually like generated some court, sort of revenue, then you would be entitled to uh, recording rights because you played bass on that song and uh, composition. And where are you in the process of getting the that track played in public settings as the primary uh, artist of that track, Aiden? You'd be surprised. It is already played all the all over the world, uh, just not in Canada. <laughs> so you're saying it's my check in, is in the mail? In in Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan and all the stands. Uh, they stand yeah. us in the stands. And Singapore. Oh, well, that's nice. I actually have no idea whether they'd be playing in any any of these places, but they were they you know, they very well might. I know that they're not it's not being played in Canada, so or the United States. <laughs> So you can just write me a check, and then you'll you'll get the whole the, once the rest of the money comes in. No, no, no. You have that. to sign up for you have to sign up for Resound or or I, I, IFR. I'm not I'm not sure how to. So wait, you have to sign up separately yeah, sign from up. SoCan. Like it's an entirely different uh, revenue distribution thing than SoCan. Yeah, it is. Oh, that's dumb. Like, why can't it just well, be a part of SoCan? Because this is a different set of right. Like this is this is for something where you don't write your own original material, but you're just playing on somebody else's track. But and it particularly has to do with recording. But then it has to be registered. So does that mean you're registering someone else's music in the system, but you were playing on it? Yeah, no, no. You have to be registered for Resound or or one of these other organizations. right. But let's say I I've played bass on Elevator Chapter One, the remake. Uh -huh. And then I wanted my neighboring rights from it. Does that mean yeah. that you have to have already registered Elevator Chapter 1 in the system? Or do I register and say, hey, I played bass on Aiden's track? So the way it would work is that, you know, let's say that, uh, you know, some live venue played it, right? They have to be registered with, with SOCAN, but they also have to be registered with any of these other companies that uh, pays out neighboring rights, right? So, or recording rights. Uh, so they, they're the ones that would pay you because technically they're paying the licensing fees to have that recording played, right? So it would be them that's actually paying you, not directly. It wouldn't be, there wouldn't be me, an intermediary paying you, right? But Okay, so then whatever venue is playing this track has to be registered for ReSound or fucking... ReSound, Re yeah. Or... Or not... Or I, well, I mean, they, F R Jafar with an I. Yeah. <laughs> so technically, that you can be registered with any performing rights organization, like or or uh, or neighboring rights organization. Like they all like, uh, you know, they they're all kind of like. I think the only reason I A F I A F A R is just the international version of that. So like, 
you would be paid by IAFAR, like if your shit was played in like Kazakhstan. Berlin or something. Yeah. <laughs> we already established it was played in Kazakhstan. I believe ReSound is uh, like North American, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but okay. So, but I'm confused that does it have to be registered? So, let's say it's played on the radio. The radio station has to pay the fees. Yeah. And that's all, like every radio station is already paying that? Yeah, they're, so they're paying uh, organizations like SOCAN and BMI for the uh, performing rights royalties, and they're also paying for neighboring rights as okay. well. They have to pay those licensing fees in order to operate. So if I want to collect money on my own track, like with SOCAN, I have to register my shit in SOCAN. Yeah, yeah, for but, your own stuff, like for, your, for stuff that you've written. Let's say that I want that to receive money for a track that I played on, like the Elevator Chapter 1, which is a track by you, but I played on it. Do I have to hope that you already registered it in uh, Jafar or in SoCan for me to get money? Or can I register saying, hey, I played bass on Aiden's track? It would technically be either you or your publisher who would do this. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you register for SoCan and you, and it was like... Because there was a time know, when I was registered fit- for SoCan for a long time and you weren't. So if I'm waiting for yeah. you to register <laughs> for Jafar so that I can get my payout... Then I'll be waiting forever. I'll never get paid. Yeah, so the answer is no. You wouldn't have to do that. Okay. You you would just be paid for it. <laughs> okay. The the um, how much you'd be paid, I have no I have no clue, right? So far I've earned zero dollars and zero cents for all my music. So I'm yeah, I'm not well, uh hold my breath on any big payouts. Didn't I didn't I buy one of your albums? Um for like four dollars and or something like that. I don't that? think so. I think Max bought one of my albums for a dollar. Oh, okay. Um, well, I, and I you, think I'll probably I don't go think back you and paid buy for anything. I, I think I've bought your album before, though. Yeah. I, well, I, I'll pay for uh, Pseudo Jazz if it's if it's up on Bandcamp. Is it up on Bandcamp? Pseudo Jazz? Uh, yeah. Dead Roaches? Yeah, sorry. That Yeah. Yeah, uh, Dead bad. Roaches is up there, I think. I'll have to check. Uh, but There's another one. Wait. So, yeah. Sorry. Pseudo Classics Disc 2 or whatever. Disc 1. Or disc 1. Yeah. That one's up there as well. <laughs> but that one... Okay. I'm, well, I'll pay for that uh, one too. Uh, it is like an older one. I'm, it's not as polished. Yeah. You might have actually given me the CD of that I think one. I did. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm not buying it. But I will buy <laughs> Dead Roaches. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you buy it on digital if you already have it on CD? Exactly. But uh, this also leads to a transition topic that i wanted to say um so with uh uh band camp we mentioned it previously they do the uh the days where they don't uh collect the transaction fees so like the artist yeah. doesn't lose a cut of their thing i found out they do that on the first friday of every month which means that the next one is this upcoming friday october 2nd so if you're listening yeah. to this it's probably already too late um, but you can catch it in November <laughs> unless you somehow <laughs> know, Fuck. know that it's a, that October 2nd is the band camp. Um, don't charge, uh, don't charge a commission day. Uh, and then the next one being like November 6th, I think. Um, so yeah, if the, on those days, if there's a SoundCloud or, or a band camp artist that you wanted to buy an album from, buy it on those days. Like, say you wanted to buy The Dead Roaches or that album that Aiden did, uh, A Living World. You could get those and pay the same price you would any day, but but me and Aiden don't lose, like, a couple cents. I actually went on to Bandcamp recently, and, uh, there, you know, it's been all quiet on the Western front for a little while uh, as far as my own, uh, you know, sales and or downloads go. I think I had, like, one download in the past, like, three months Usually, I feel like uh, stuff usually blows up after you release it, and then it kind of dies down, and mm-hmm. then it like very occasionally gets revisited. But I had like a spike of plays recently, but no sales or downloads. Sad face. Yeah, very sad face. Yeah, crying sad face. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think I really get many hits. Like once in a while, I'll get a, a couple plays. Very rarely will I have a download. Um, and then, yeah, I think Max is the only person that bought, uh, an album before and it was for a buck. I think for some of my stuff, I even have it just not even set as pay what you want, just set at download. Yeah. It's, I, I tried to, uh, actually set my stuff at a, at a particular price for a little while. 
I find that the amount of revenue you get is actually like around the exact same as if you weren't like charging for it because I had my stuff actually put up for like $3 or like $5 and shit. And then even when my stuff is a set at pay what you want, I usually end up get gaining like, you know, any anything between three and ten dollars for like any album 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 in any given time. Right. So I, I'm not sure. I'm actually going to look up like how much revenue I've acquired from all my music. I'm actually curious. And I will take back what I just said about having it set at just download, not paying at all. I can see that Dead Roaches is set for five dollars because that was that's what I consider in terms of the music that's up there my only like product that I would say is like worth money that if someone wants the album they should pay for it. Uh, yeah. Whereas for the most part I use it as unlimited storage for my back catalog stuff. Oh shit! Actually, 2015 to 2016 the album, yeah. uh, not the years, uh, is has sold at three dollars. And it's the one that generated the most amount of revenue at twenty six twenty. So maybe I should actually charge like a set fee for the music. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's always been up for three dollars though. I think maybe what I did was that I put it up at pay what you want for a limited amount of time. Yeah. Or or like download for a limited amount of time because I thought that that would be like effective. And maybe it was. I don't know. Who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like I'm earning a living off of the music anyway. So. He said, laughing yeah. and crying at the same time. <laughs> I will say, so my one album that generated $1 for Max's purchase uh, is uh, Animates Volume 1. So those were the animations I did where I, I set them to music. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where the legal trouble arises. So uh, one of the tracks is Wednesday Afternoon featuring Aiden Clare. So you played the lead solo on that song. But in addition to that, one of the other tracks uh, is the unfinished track that you wrote called Here Comes the Shire Folk. Yes. So you, of these 11 tracks, you wrote and entirely did one of them and then were a collaborator on another one. And you didn't get a fucking share of that dollar and you never will see a single penny of it. (laughs) I, even if I was registered with ReSound, I probably wouldn't receive a single penny anyway. <laughs> it would just be, at this point, it would just be lost time to register for ReSound. Yeah, if you want your, uh, your like, nine cents uh, share of this, uh, you can have it over my dead body. You know what? Uh, once you're dead, uh, I will claim my nine cents. <laughs> I will, I'll wait until you die of natural causes, and I'm not going <laughs> to confront you in person for it. <laughs> It's just not worth the the energy expended to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Should we uh, proceed to a little Joe Pass and or Joe Smash? Joe Pass or Joe Smash. Did you want to do the one that you picked there? Yeah, well, I, I guess so. I mean... So of the three tracks, I've listened to two of them, and that was like right before the podcast started. And th- in fact, I think it was like right at six p.m. Uh, what what two did I'll you? I'll talk listen about to? the one that I or I listened to nine one one by Lady Gaga, and then uh, obviously I listened to uh, uh, Roses the remix. Okay, but I didn't listen to the Joji song yet. Okay, uh, so you can talk about that one, and I can just take your word for it. Um, yeah. But I'll talk about uh, the Roses remix because this is something that I've been hearing uh, just in the background. Other people have been listening to it. It's it's on the radio, but it's actually quite uh, an older song. In fact, I, I didn't know this, but the song Roses, which is actually still on the Billboard Top 100, is from 2016, which is like you know four oh. years ago, if we're counting. Uh, so we the, counting. Uh, the remix, yeah, yeah, the remix is uh, also... Like not too old by comparison. It's from 2019. I believe it's from September 2019 that I've seen it posted, but it might have been before that. I'm not sure. Um, it's the song "Roses" by Saint John, obviously uh, remixed by uh, Iman Beck, who is uh, from uh, Kazakhstan, and he, uh, you know, works he actually in, listened uh, to our, uh, our song. He's the guy in Kazakhstan that listened to it. Yep. So that's that's if so if you're wondering where the 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 like two percent of a cent 
uh, from ReSound is coming from. That's where it's coming from. So uh, we're so grateful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you for the non-existent money. But uh, um, yeah, so this song, it's a lot better, in my opinion, than the actual song that it is a remix of. It is a, I want to say it's probably uh, categorized as house music, uh, just because it does have that kind of uh, uh, four to the floor kind of kick snare pattern. But what I really like about it is the bass line. It has a just great bass line. One of the reasons why I think this song is so much better than the original is because um, I feel like trap music just sort of has the kind of consistent kind of ethereal atmosphere going all, like, all throughout it. And because of that, it doesn't have to have anything particularly stand out about it. It can just kind of maintain a sort of neutral atmosphere like as it's going through right you can have that kind of you know fast uh hi-hat beat kind of going on just like a very kind of minimal instrumentation you know repeating sequential vocals i'm not sure exactly what you'd say but you know you know when they when they sing like like that you know they're repeating the same oh, yeah, like, that part figure over and over again you know, that's that's part of my 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 trap song, which is coming out later this year with your blessing, Trap Lord. But we'll uh, discuss yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's, uh, you know, if you're uh, good, you'll ratify it as the king. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of house music, but uh, mm. I feel like uh, as far as genres of dance music go, uh, I feel like depending on who you talk to, house is either a genre that is like way past its prime or it's uh, never quite gotten to the Consent. its golden age, I guess you could say. Um, there was a, a time period where there was a lot more dance music in the pop world. It's funny, we were talking about Lady Gaga. I mean, I feel like that was the era where you also had like, you know, a lot of like Katy Perry on the radio. And like in the dance charts, you had like Calvin Harris and Dead Mouse. That was way back in like, I don't know, any, any time between 2007 and 2012. And then now the charts are just dominated by hip hop and, you know, neo R&B and all this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting how dance music kind of goes kind of in and out of the pop world. You know, it's it still has a lot of uh, accessible qualities to it. Uh, so but I mean, a lot of the artists that I mentioned just a second ago, I'm just like not entirely a fan of just because it's dance music, but it doesn't have anything kind of hooky about it. You know, nothing yeah. like particularly interesting uh so I, I feel like without sorry go ahead no, i was gonna say um was the the original song wasn't a house song it wasn't a house track. no it was a trap song yeah oh okay like i haven't heard the original uh and i heard i listened to this one a couple times and mm -hmm. yeah it definitely like my only impression of it was really that it's a like a dancey house song like a a, a dance club type music it was good background yeah. music. Um, uh, I don't know St. John in any way. I assume that's how St. J-H-N is pronounced. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, St. Jin. Yeah, St. Jin. He's always drinking gin. Yeah. yeah, that's my entire opinion of it. Yeah, well, I mean, I like this remix quite a bit. I, I like that, um, you know, as with all good house tracks, it does have a really nice sense of like suspense and build up. There's a part where there's like no, you know, added instrumentation at all. It's basically just the song uh, pitched up a little bit where he's going. I don't even know what he's saying. Uh, it's that like pitched up a lot. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly like the bass line just comes out again. And it, as if it's sort of like, kind of teasing you with like a, a fade out or something like that. But then immediately the the kick snare and then the, the bass line comes back. It has that really nice sense of like uh, suspense and build up and uh, a staple of house music that I think is really good. But you know, anyway. It, would you classify it as a Joe Pass or a Joe Smash? I'm just going to Joe Pass on it. No, no, I'm just kidding. I, I think that in, in a rare instance, I am giving it a joe smash and also a hard joe smash oh really I'm smashing this one hard yeah yeah i will say i i don't know the original song at all um mm -hmm. so i don't know what to compare it to but i will say yeah. that i did enjoy it. like i listened to all three of these songs like a handful of times each and that's kind of a uh, a characteristic of what i would want a joe smash song to have I, like yeah. most of our songs that we've reviewed in Joe Pastro Smash over the many weeks, 
very few of them have I gone back and listened to since recording those episodes. Uh, I'd say maybe the Billie Eilish one is the only one that I've actively gone back and listened to uh, since recording the episode. Uh, and I will suspect that I'll at least uh, have a go at some of these songs after this episode, not to spoil any of my review uh, forthcoming. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because just a lot of pop music is just garbage. But I mean, yeah. like, you know, it, like it's a lot of it's a lot of just like outright Joe Joe Pass, right? Yeah. It's really a shame that we're using Joe Pass to describe things in a <laughs> negative way because you know the man Joe was so the man was a great musician, you know. So he was but, no Joe Smash though. Yeah, he uh, Joe Smash was just the a, such a sexy male uh, and <laughs> just had a full head of hair. That's the one thing that distinguishes them. <laughs> Joe Smash had a full head of hair. He had my exact hairstyle. He was six foot seven ripped. and ripped. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he had a full head of hair. And, uh, you know, he, he did not guitar. play jazz music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which already made him, uh, you know, made, gave him a lot more sex appeal than Joe Pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Joe Pass was pretty cool. Yeah. He was a pretty cool lad. Yeah. I mean, it's just comparing him to Joe Smash. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> so the next song, I'll, I'll talk about the Joji song because you haven't heard that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so the song is called Like You Do. Uh, so this is from his latest album, which came out on Friday, which is called so, uh, Necrotine, Neopets, something like that. Mm-hmm. Joji. I don't know. What it's called. It starts with an N. Uh, Nectar. I listened to a couple songs off the album. Uh, I will say that uh, so the the only real Joji song I knew before this was, uh, I think it's called Slow Dancing in the Dark. Yeah. It was one of his first uh, singles that came out a couple years ago. Um, and I really, really liked that when it came out. And then this one, or this album, uh, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it as much. Maybe it just felt like it was not standing out in the way that I wanted it to. Um, and then I just picked one of the songs at random that I would include in this list to talk about it. Um, but then I did listen to the song, uh, like you do, uh, a couple times and I enjoyed it a little more each time I listened to it. Mm. Uh, so I will say that, uh, it, it's refreshing to have this kind of song on the list because, uh, when it's not something that's entirely based on the same repeating sample, uh, with, you know, generic trap lyrics. Uh, it's always nice to have that kind of music on there. Um, and I will give this a Joe Smash, um, but I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll add the an asterisk to that where I will I will like to listen to the full album properly a couple times before uh, I can give a proper opinion on the whole thing. Like I did enjoy the track, and I, uh, after listening to it a few more times, I enjoyed it a bit more. But I didn't know what to expect from this album because it seemed like on uh, uh, on Friday on his on the YouTube account associated with Joji, they had like a bunch of tracks and some of them with music videos all dropped at once. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't really see it as a focused uh, album release. I just like picked up tracks here and there and didn't really know what to think of them. Uh, and some of them were a bit more about the music video and the presentation of it, and some of them were just more about the song. Um, so I'll try and listen to it in a better context, but I will give it a Joe smash with that condition. Yeah. I mean, uh, I haven't listened to this song yet. Uh, this is from the album Nectar, correct? Yes. Okay. I haven't listened to this album either. In fact, I haven't listened to his debut either. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I'm probably more familiar with like filthy Frank music than I am with like Joji's music, but have you listened to the pink guy album? Maybe I've probably heard a lot of the songs off of the pink guy album. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, yeah, the one that I know most of Joji as well is Slow Dancing in the Dark. I like it. I I like it as well with an asterisk that I think that uh, I would love to see him kind of develop as a musician, or at least that was my opinion at the time. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure really uh, what the difference is between that and, uh, you know, his most recent output in 2020 on Nectar. But uh, so I'm going to I'm going to have to listen to this album because uh, Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious to see how he has developed from his kind of earlier songs that he put out under the name Joji, which is his name. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm probably going to listen to both of his albums 
I, I assume this is his second album. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll listen to both these albums and see if I have a more focused opinion on Joji as an artist. His first was called Ballads One. Like Ballads That's as correct. number one. Yeah. Yes. Not like they were the victor of a uh, competition of sorts. Yeah. He won the rights to those ballads. Yeah. Um, so our third and final of the tracks is a song called 911 by Lady Gaga. So we, we did talk about a couple songs from this album previously. This is from her, uh, what's, is it called Chromatic or something? The album? Chromatica, yeah. Chromatica. Um, and we talked about the Ariana Grande one. And then you also mentioned the, uh, the K-pop one. One of the songs was a collaboration between her and Blackpink. Yes. Which was like an all-female uh, K-pop group. Yeah. So the album's been out for at least an amount of time now. Like it came out the, like pretty early in the year. If I'm not at least mistaken. an amount of time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's not brand new, but the music video for 911 came out a couple days ago. So it was trending on YouTube. So that's why it uh, cropped into my radar. Before, um, okay, I, I don't mean to, uh, I, I, I know it's rude to interrupt you, but I want to give my opinion on this song, like right out of the gate, right? I was about to give you shit for interrupting me, but <laughs> I don't have the energy for it, and you can uh, interrupt me all you want. Well, you can give me shit if uh, this ends up being not worth it, but the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I appreciate so much that Lady Gaga is a patriot, and she is talking about a tragedy that defined the United States for 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> I didn't realize you were going to be for a 9-11 joke. <laughs> to be Continue. fair, when I saw that uh, it was a recently released, um, at least music video in September, uh, and it was called 911, I, I wasn't sure if it was 911 or 911 until I listened to it. Um, <laughs> it's funny because in the music video, there's a lot of like Arabic people. Yeah, that's, that also didn't help. <laughs> yeah. You fucked up, Lady Gaga. Or at yeah. least her her uh, uh, publicist fucked up by tr- by putting it out on that day, or at least uh, on yeah, on I the think day. It came out like September eighteenth or something like that. She did uh, forget. Yeah, <laughs> how dare you forget? <laughs> uh, but I will say that I felt that the music video took away from the song itself. Like I like I liked the music video, but I listened to it a few times separate from the music video and i enjoyed it a lot more without the music video mm-hmm. um i felt like the music video was a little more like it was it was visually interesting and it told a bit of a story through it but i felt the song uh it, it was easier to it was distracting from the music so the mm-hmm. song itself was a lot better uh, i'll say that i'm not overly familiar with lady gaga except for like you know her famous songs from like the past 10 years Poker Face is one of them. Uh, Ra Ra, uh, Bad Romance. That's the one. Uh, is another one. Uh, this, I uh, it definitely gave me vibes of that era of Lady Gaga. Like I don't know what other eras there are, but it seemed like it. It didn't remind me of the Ariana Grande song. It reminded me of like the kind of stuff that I would expect from Lady Gaga and enjoy from Lady Gaga. Uh, if that makes sense. But yeah, I've really enjoyed this one. I listened to it a few times. I'll probably give this full album a go now that we've uh, talked about a few of the tracks with uh, varying uh, opinions on them. So I'll probably give the full album a listen similar to the, the Joji experience. Yeah, I I, I like this song too. Uh, I don't think it's one of the better tracks that Lady Gaga has done. Like, so when, when Lady Gaga released a lot of her like most famous tracks, it was all in a time where I was like just like an edgy 16 year old. And so like I hated anything that was on the radio over time. Like I, I think that I probably liked it a lot more than I would admit. A lot of her most famous stuff is off of the album, The Fame, uh, which came out in, I believe, like 2008. Yeah, 2008. So like ages ago. Um, as far as pop music goes, <clears throat> and it was still, there's a lot of elements of dance music, uh, you know, house, electro pop, that kind of stuff. And that was the kind, that's the album that had, uh, you know, poker face on it and stuff like that, which is probably one of her most famous tracks. Yeah. Uh, and you know, this, it's good, but you know, this, this particular song is good. It's definitely, uh, it has a like hooky quality that is really good, which I mentioned before. Um, 
I don't think it's just quite as good as like some of her older tracks. I feel like it may be that she's just like trying to, you know, recreate that particular uh, age of her career. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not trying to say that necessarily like a cynical way, mm-hmm. but um, I just think that a lot of the aesthetics in, in this particular song and, and I don't want to say the album overall, it's just like a little, just sounds a little outdated. Uh, but you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that that's a strike against Lady Gaga. I mean, if she's still trying to appeal to, you know, people who liked her music in the past, but, uh, you know, I think in this particular case, like, you know, it's, it's good, but I think the, the pop world has moved on from, you know, dance pop in its totality. The pop world has shifted its focus away from dance pop in a lot of ways to hip hop. A lot of uh, newer dance pop sounds a little like anachronistic, like it's still trying to like relive the the glory days of when dance yeah. pop was primarily on the radio. You know what I'm saying? So this song, yeah. I mean, it. I whenever I listen to songs like this, I definitely get flashbacks to like when this stuff was like number one on the radio. But I don't think it'll ever reach that that apex of uh, of commercial success that it that it formerly did. I think. Uh, the the singular focus of the pop world has kind of moved on from that but i mean that's not to say that it won't be you know popular or commercially successful at all but yeah yeah well i'll say that i wherever the the pop landscape has shifted in terms of it you know being trap music for the most part Mm -hmm. i i don't like that stuff (laughs) and i actually enjoyed this one so i as much as like the world may have moved on from this type of music or uh, whether it's something that is more of a flashback to what would be considered the glory days of uh, dance pop. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, And, you know, I've listened to it a few times and I'll probably at least listen to the album once or twice in its entirety. Uh, So I will not be Joe passing on it. I'll be, I'll give it a Joe smash. Of the tracks that I've listened to off of this album, it's been a mixed bag for me, but there are a few on here that I really like. And I think the one that she did with Blackpink is actually really good. Like it's, it's definitely uh, has much more of a, uh, has much more gravitas as far as pop music goes, or at least dance pop goes. So what is your review on this one? It's good. I, I, I still give it a Joe smash, but a, a very light Joe smash. That's fair. Yeah. Well, I, I want to point out the historical moment of, Three tracks, three smashes. Yeah, yeah. The tr- the trio, the three-way of smashing. Unanimous smashing. Yes, smashing. Smashing. Liza. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get wrecked, nerd? Get wrecked, nerd. Okay, yeah, so uh, for Get Wrecked Nerd, uh, I want to recommend, so I would like to wreck you, nerd, with the album Physical Graffiti by Led Zeppelin. So I know that you are not, you've not overly fucked with Led Zeppelin historically. How, how much Led Zeppelin are you, would you say you're familiar with? Um, I don't own any Led Zeppelin records. Uh, I've probably had them downloaded in the past, of course, I'm familiar with their hits. And then mm-hmm. uh, uh, the song Baby, I'm Gonna Leave You is just a straight up Joe smash. Okay. Um, so this album, I I knew I wanted to recommend some Led Zeppelin to you, and I probably will continue to in the future. Um, but this one specifically, uh, I've been listening to a, a ton lately. It's kind of like a, a bit of a variety of different styles of Led Zeppelin. Like some of them are a little more... I uh, got a couple of bluesy ones. Some of them are a little more like, I guess, progressive rock e. Uh, some of them are like, re- like there's a few songs that are uh, over ten minutes long and a little more. Seems like maybe there's some improvisation in there, and uh, it, it's also been an interesting experience because I've I've researched a bit about this album, uh, during the process of recommending it to you. Because uh, a lot of these songs. It's a double album, so uh, I guess in the recording process, they recorded a regular album, uh, but it was the equivalent of like three 
vinyl record sides length. So they uh, threw in a bunch of extra songs in there that were sort of outtakes from previous albums, uh, which is kind of interesting and makes sense uh, looking at the track listing when you see a couple of the songs on there. And it's like uh, uh, one of the songs on there that always confuses me, it's called Houses of the Holy. Uh, when they have an album that's called Houses of the Holy that came out before this. And I always wondered, why isn't the song Houses of the Holy on the album Houses of the Holy? Uh, and it's because they cut the title track of the album Houses of the Holy and then used it later on. But I would say this is probably one of my more favorite Led Zeppelin albums. Uh, and I've listened to it the most uh, more recently. Some of the kind of standout songs to me on this album... Uh, well, the song Cashmere is probably the most famous song from this album. Uh, Ten Years Gone uh, is one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs. Uh, there's a song called In the Light, which I, I, I only really know it well because it was in an episode of Mindhunter. Uh, and that's what got me back listening to this album a couple years ago. Uh, mm. In My Time of Dying, which is like an 11-minute song, uh, and it's probably one of the... Uh, it's a more of a bluesy song and it's really well uh written um but yeah i i highly recommend i recommend led zeppelin in general but for you i would say start with this album uh and 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 listen to it cool excellent uh i'll probably will or listen to it i i mean i've never quite like you said gotten properly into led zeppelin but i think that they're great uh like i said one of my favorite led zeppelin songs of all times is the song babe i'm gonna leave you uh, I just love the way that song kind of builds up into like such a, uh, you know, loud and bombastic climax. But uh, the album that I want to recommend is uh, quite different. Uh, I'm going to recommend the album Noi 75. It is by the Krautrock band Noi, uh, who are probably uh, most well known for their album Noi. <laughs> Don't worry, the songs are not all called Noi. But um, okay. this is actually the third album by Noi. It's called Noi 75 because it came out in 1975. And I would say it's not as experimental as a lot of the B-side tracks on Noi are, the, the self-titled album. Uh, Noi 75 is a lot more of a, I want to say, a pleasant experience. Uh, there is a track by Noi that is probably their most famous track called Halo Gallo, which is just a uh, kind of driving instrumental rock composition which just has the 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 stereotypical kraut rock motoric which which is just a it's basically like a four on the floor but in like double time and with a lot more kick drum so it actually goes uh kick kick snare where the where the kick and then the the first kick is on the the one and then the snare is on the two so it is actually like subdivided kick, further snare, kick yeah so it's good Kick, kick, snare, kick, 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 snare, kick, 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 snare, right? Yeah, that's the way it goes. Yeah, it goes do, 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 like it sort of has that kind of driving, propulsive feel to it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, do, do, exactly, right? The universal language. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would say that a lot of the tracks on Noise Seventy Five are a lot more. I don't want to say accessible, but they're a lot more kind of beat driven, whereas a lot of the stuff on the noise self-titled album is like more of a uh, experimental kind of sound collage type thing uh, with the exception of hollow uh, uh, gallo and uh, n- like negative land and all these other one. Uh, yeah. So noise is noise too. Uh, a nice, pleasant listen, a uh, good kraut rock album. And uh, I'd recommend it. I get, re- I rec- too. you were recommending noise 75 the whole time. What's that? You just said, like you were you were summar- summarizing it, and you're like, "Noi two is a great listening." And I'm like, I thought you were. Oh, sorry, Noi seventy five. Noi seventy five. I recommend that one. That's actually okay. Noi two is the second Noi album, but I guess because I was looking at it on Wikipedia when yeah. I said it. And that's Noi spelled N E U exclamation point. Yeah, Noi. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll definitely check out Noi. Okay, a bit of SoundCloud shout out. Yeah. So are you just like recommending uh, EJ Suave again? <laughs> well, uh, so my act, actually my uh, SoundCloud shout out is, uh, is soundcloud.com slash chairhouse. Uh, so he's a fellow from Tokyo, Japan. Wait, I'm going to stop you right there. 
You've stolen so much from me. You can't take this from me, too. <laughs> what do I stolen from you? Uh, all of my neighboring rights. <laughs> all, all, all point two cents of him. Uh, yeah. So, so my actual SoundCloud shout out is I don't have one this week, which is why earlier I jokingly, when I jokingly said I'm recommending EJ Suave again, uh, I didn't have one, and then I thought that I'd continue um, doubling down on not having one by just <laughs> reading out yours. <laughs> so, did you want to do your uh, SoundCloud shout out? Sure. So my SoundCloud <laughs> shout out is soundcloud.com slash chairhouse, uh, who is a, uh, actually, to be, yeah, so to be completely honest, my my SoundCloud shout out is uh, uh, chairhouse from, uh, which is a, He's who's a, a pianist, from a pianist from Tokyo, Japan. And I wanted to recommend it because not only does he create some really pleasant and really interesting and occasionally very challenging songs, compositions, I guess you could say, to be more precise. Uh, he's also an extremely prolific musician in the kind of realm of Guillaume Lequaint. So Guillaume Lequaint has a challenger as far as his uh, total output goes. Yeah, he's a fantastic musician. A lot of his stuff is very kind of improvised, uh, very kind of you know loose, very kind of impressionistic sounding, I guess you could say, very like D Debussy-esque. So uh, yeah, uh, I recommend uh, him and his tunes. Awesome. And Sam recommends them too. Yeah, I double down on that recommendation. Excellent. Thank you for listening to this week of the Spin This Podcast, a podcast where we talk about the, the music world and everything that spins in the music world. And I have been Sam Dow. And me, Aiden. And you have been spinning with us. And you will continue to spin... Next time. You know I got the swag of like brother. Oh, uh, I got swag. I got swag. Yeah. I got swag. Swag.